joined by Ryan Portress. How are you doing, Porto? I'm alright, mate. How are you? I'm very good, mate. Um, so basically, just want to go back to the start, how it all started for you in terms of your early football memories and what football was like for you growing up. I am um, probably just same as as most people. Eh? Just growing up, wanting to play football, supporting supporting Hibs, obviously, and, and trying to you know just play as much as I can. Uh, I started what well, I was probably about six, seven year old for my local team, and then just um, you know played you know every other week for them, and then ended up getting picked up by by Aberdeen when I was about eleven, twelve, I think. Uh, spent a couple of years there, and obviously signed for Hibs when I was about fourteen, fifteen. So. And who would you say your biggest influences growing up in football were at that uh, age? Probably, well, maybe not in football, but you know, my dad was always one that you know was never pushy in it, but he always wanted me to do well and was always, you know, running me up and down the country, especially when I played for Aberdeen, to uh, to, to try and you know, become a full-time football player. Really, so you know, I owe a lot to him, and he was probably you know my biggest influence growing up. And as you said, started at Aberdeen, moved to Hibs. How does that come about? Moving, moving to Hibs, leaving Aberdeen. Um, I think so. When I was up there for a, I think about a year, Hibs were trying to sign me because I think they knew I was local and they knew that uh, you know me and my dad were big Hibs fans. And I think my dad said it to me at the time. I didn't actually want to come because you know I was playing with my pals at you know at 12, 13 year olds. You didn't really want to leave your pals. And uh, I think my dad eventually just said, "Listen, you're going," and that's the end of it. Uh, probably because he was having to drive through to Aberdeen <laughs> every other week, but um, no, nah, listen, it was obviously the right decision, and uh, not really looked back since. I think he tried to push it towards Hibs because he's a Hibs fan. <laughs> I think he was def. I think he was probably more excited for me, uh, for himself rather than me. But nah, uh, listen, as I say, it was definitely the right decision, especially because it was what like ten minutes from my house, so obviously it made a lot more sense. Yeah, definitely. And also, as you say, same for Hibs, and then obviously. Coming through the academy, what was that like? Ah, it was brilliant. Um, you know, we probably do take it for granted because you know I've never really been at a club, you know, without a youth academy or without you know brilliant facilities and coaches and all the equipment that you need and stuff. So I've never really had any excuses about you know doing extra and and you know kind of being the best that I can be you know every week. So that was brilliant. Listen, I had some great coaches growing up, um, and you know I can't really thank them enough for. For, for like you know getting me through the youth and that but no, Hibs is a fantastic place for a young player to, to grow up and I'm you know really thankful for for the opportunity that they gave me. And what coaches would say would say that helped you the most um, coming through? There was a few there was a good few. Uh, I think I think when Eddie May joined um he was he was brilliant for me, you know, he, he kinda just made me into because at, at the time I wanted to try and play other positions like centre mid and stuff like that, but he kinda just came in and says, Listen, you're a you're a centre half, you like to heed the ball too much, not to be a centre half, and not really look back. But um, now he was brilliant for me. Still is now. Uh, Buzelon, obviously, he was a played for Hibs, a brilliant player, and I think he had to retire early with with injuries, and he came out, out to help our was it fourteens, fifteens team. He was brilliant. He just he's, he took part in training. He was absolutely amazing, and uh, I think he's assistant manager or first team coach at Hamilton now. Hamilton, aye. So. Uh, no, I think he's doing well and he's a brilliant coach. I'd definitely like to work with him again. You say you started at centre mid? Centre mid? No, too sure about that oh, one. Definitely, I would, eh? <laughs> nah, I've not got the legs for it now, but I used to like playing centre mid and that, getting amongst the goals and everything, sort of decent. Tidy on the ball? Very tidy on the ball, always tidy on the ball, Ross, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, and obviously, it was the uh, first team players that kind of obviously touched on Boozling. 
was there any first team players that would come down and help you watch the games that sort of thing um, Kevin Thompson was probably one at the obviously latter stages of his career would come down at 17s you know 18s level and, and help out probably obviously t for him to get his coaching badges and stuff but nah he was brilliant as well um, I, I, I thought he was probably in the running at the time to get the under 20s job but he didn't and I think he went to Rangers and he was doing really well there so nah, he was brilliant but um, and obviously when I thought, like we started to go up under twenty, uh, under twenties, under twenty ones, um, you know, Dave Gray would would, would help out, um, Darren McGregor would always be, you know, the kind of people that would always uh, come down, help out, and try and get the best for you. And they, they're still the same now, you know. They're obviously playing the same team and they're mates with them all now. But listen, they've uh, they're really selfless in the way that they they want to go about their business and and, and try and help young players progress. Definitely. Yeah. Um, at Hibs in the academy was it the usual? smell maybe doing some jobs and doing ball boying at the weekend that sort of thing hi so we used to be ball boys uh and that like growing up kind of like 14s 15s uh we always used to be the ball boys and that and then i think probably about the year before the scottish cup we were maybe still the ball boys and then a couple of years later you're, you're training with the folk that you know you're you're running about the pitch for try to get the balls in and to be fair it's the same now i think there's a, a young lad uh, ethan laidlaw that's training with the uh, first team now in and amongst the squads he was actually on the bench on Saturday and I think he was a ball boy last year at one of the games so it just shows you how the, you know, the turnaround for being a ball boy at the side of the pitch to then being on the bench in a, a Scottish Cup semi-final so it's a quick turnaround especially at a club like Hibs if you're, you know, if you're good enough you're old enough I presume doing all the ball boying and that sort of stuff keeps your feet on the ground as well I, I think it's important especially in this day and age but um, it's kind of coming out it a little bit I think uh, especially our changing room and that most changing rooms now the, all the, the first team boys are maybe a bit too nice to young boys coming through and that but I think it only helps them you know it's a good changing room we've got at Hibs now and you know we don't want young boys coming up feeling threatened or feeling like they they don't belong here obviously we want them to come up and do well and, and obviously have that bit in there because it's natural but we want them to come up and 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 you've seen it like Josh Doig this year he, he's came up for being kicked on massively he's kicked on massively and he's got you know the, that writer's young player of the year and I, I think obviously it's credit to him massively but it's also credit to the, the changing room and the boys the coaching staff that a young boy can come in feel so um, feel so confident and, and, and just fit in naturally like he's played there for years and I think what left backs have tried to, to out muscle Louis Stevenson for that for that uh, it's been plenty that of that plenty have tried and, and failed and I think Josh this year's you know he's took that for his own and I don't think Louis will um, mind me saying it but you know Josh has had a fantastic season and I think that that jersey will be his and um, obviously touched on sort of the environment at Hibs and what the first team players are like do you think that is makes it a lot easier for the academy boys coming through and sort of coming into the changing room yeah definitely um, you've got you know a good crop of young boys coming through now you know maybe not ready to, to jump into the first team but if, if they're around a, this uh, environment if they're around you know experienced players young maybe players like myself but that are obviously younger first team players that have went through the, the same journey as they are trying to go through and, and going through right now then you know it's, it's always going to help um, but now we've got a good group player wise and staff wise I mean the, the coaching staff now can't do enough for for all the players, you know, whether they're experienced players, young players, or the players that are really just breaking through. So now we've got a good setup right now at Hibs, and you know, long may it continue for for everyone. And what's it like from the academy side of things, and then going into the first team? Is the training similar in terms of obviously maybe the standard obviously be less, but 
would it be the similar sort of drills and that sort of thing so it's obviously going through the club yeah definitely I think when I was there, uh, at 20s level we would um, you know try and well I think the coaches would try and mimic what the first team would be doing that yeah. kind of session just so that it, you know it filters through the academy so that you know if at the time Lennon was um, you know like working on a back three more often than not you know we would play a back three at 20s level so that if we if we need to step up, you know, it, you know, it's try it's transitions easier. Yeah, yeah, transitions easier and a lot more seamless. So, yeah, I think that's that's the kind of thing. Like as soon as you step up, you're ready. And as you say, the transitions easier. And what was it like for you as a Hibs fan, ball boying at the games, coming through the academy and seeing all these players, all the first team players, with you know all of them? Or I was to be fair at the start, you know, for for going to the games every week. Um, you know, when we got relegated the first time, I think I went to every game home and away when they were in the championship, and then for that kind of season, I started to become like on the bench at the under twenties games, then starting some under twenties games, and obviously some first team players would be coming down, you know, to play beside us. So for for just some minutes, but then you see them and you're you you're still the biggest, you know, you're still one of the biggest fans, and you're there, you're supporting them every home and away game. So it's it is that transition as well for becoming a fan, which is quite hard to just be a fan and then say you know this is actually my job this is you know what I'm getting paid for not to be a fan but to, to, to put in a job put in a shift and you've got your mentality definitely does need to change and I think especially with some of my, my early performances that maybe you've seen more of me being a fan on the pitch rather than you know a player in what, in what sense? just like maybe doing things that you, you wouldn't normally do like maybe um, I don't know like being a bit more nervous I think it might uh stuff like that maybe doing things that the fans want you to do rather than yourself want to do N nothing in specific just I think it can hinder you sometimes but obviously I think that you know it might give you that extra five yards extra ten yards running if it's for the for the club you love it's maybe a bit of a cliche but maybe like a heart playing for your heart rather than your head type thing yeah definitely uh, I think sometimes that's that's a good thing playing with your heart but obviously the game is played up so then coming through it was a successful 20s team that Hibs had at the time I think he's won was it the Scottish Youth Cup yeah, we won the the youth cup and the league in the the same season. I think uh, it was something that we were close to the year before, and you know, not a lot, a lot of people would you know, think it's important or uh, the most important thing to win at twenties level. But we had a quite a close knit group. You know, we're all kind of mates. We'd played with each other for about three, four years. Like obviously, younger age groups as well. And you know, when it's your best mate, you just you have that kind of bond on the pitch as well. So. And we really wanted to win that and we, we set out that season. I think a lot of us were on loan as well, so it was like actually quite a tough year for us. I think I played about 74, 75 games, like, you know, for Edinburgh City and for the 20s. Yeah. And I was playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, so I wasn't even training much. I was maybe getting... Just constant games. Just constant games. And then I was obviously still training with the first team as well, you know, in between that, like, you know, doing what I can, but because it's you're, you're doing that much, um, it was tough, but now we've done, we done really well that season and... Uh, as I said, because we were so tight, we really wanted to do it, and when we done it, it was brilliant. It was a good relief, and obviously there was good celebrations after it. And that to be able to play seventy-five games now, you'd be absolutely <laughs> toiling. I think I've played about what I'm close to forty games this season, and I'm toiling. So I think, <laughs> I think seventy-five will be a push. So you touched on it there, um, the loan spell at Edinburgh City. How did that come about, and when the first time that you kind of heard about that? Um, so I heard about it like the week before Hibs were actually playing Edinburgh City in a friendly. And I ended up coming off the bench uh, for Hibs against Edinburgh City, obviously in the, the pre-season at Meadowbank, and I was um, 
I can't remember if you remember it, but the ball went um, over the top and I, I like I'd mucked up and cost a goal for then their gaffer came up to it right after it and was like so uh, like obviously you want to still come like are you still up for it and I was like are you still up for it what is it me after I've an absolute beast and, uh, that was kind of the first impression that I gave away and I remember my first game, my first game for Edinburgh City actually we'd uh, went up to Elgin and I'd start uh, he told me I was starting on the way up left at a back three right? and I was a wee bit uncomfortable with that because I'd never played that before like yeah like in a game, I'd obviously done it like 17s, maybe level, but no, no, it's a different level. It is a different level, um, especially physically in that. But it took me up, and we were, were 3 0 down after about <laughs> half an hour, right? And I'd been booked. That's down to signing you. And if I listen to this, I got <laughs> uh, booked after about 20 minutes, right? 3 0 down after half an hour, and hooked off after 32 minutes. <laughs> Professional <laughs> debut. Eh? <laughs> So I was absolutely spewing, like, obviously I was like 17 at the time, so I couldn't like have a go at him. And to be fair, like, if you're 3-0 then you need to make a change. And if you're playing a back three, you need to take one of your defenders off. And Four you're going to well. you're gonna take, you're gonna take the, the guy off that's got a, a book in. And so I'm sitting on the bus saying, I'm like, what have I got myself in? <laughs> Signed for Edinburgh City alone, up at Elgin. Just, I, like, I, don't, I don't know any of the boys. I'm like, oh, no, man, like, what is this? Sitting on the bus saying. But then I never played for the, the next couple of games and then... Uh, ended up playing the majority of the rest of the season and getting getting player of the year, so it was a good turnaround. Like, but it, it was a, a shaky start to say the least. Was it always a plan for you to go out on loan? Uh, I, well, I'd, I'd never really thought about it because obviously I just left school in the summer and obviously just going in full time. That was my, you know, initial plan. And then just being involved in twenties games was obviously what I wanted. But I think what the city manager came and watched under twenties game against Dungeon United and. Um, he just wanted to sign me after that so obviously to go and play first team football at 17 year old and to play as much as I did was obviously a no brainer but um, I definitely recommend anybody that's you know kind of coming through the youth setups to get yourself on loan if you're not playing first team football if you're not involved in first team squads you need to be going out and, and learning the game as young as possible so that you're you're ready as early as possible you know there's a lot of players that are kind of just going on loan now for Hibs that I feel if they, if they went on loan you know a couple of years earlier they would because they're good enough players you know you see like Fraser Murray and, and Jamie Gillen and that if they um, I think Jamie went a couple of times but for, for me Fraser's a fantastic player and I've seen him do it for under 20s level and there's no doubt he could do it for Hibs absolutely no doubt that he could he could walk into the Hibs team and be one of the best players because in training he's brilliant but sometimes it's just learning the game and having a manager that can, can trust you because you've you know you've played a, a certain amount of first team games and played them at a good standard so uh, I think when he comes back, obviously in the summer, I think he'll be first team ready because he had a you know successful loan at and a good team, you know, playing in championship against men, you know, week in week out. So you're obviously going to stand you in good stead if you're if you're you know going to be trusted by a manager because he knows you you can do it. It's a different pressure as well, obviously going yeah. down to the lower leagues and rather than being at the comforts of a Hibs or yeah. any Premiership club for that fact. Yeah, it's a like it's definitely a, a shock to the system when you're you're turning up and you've not got the facilities you know I was training I think about half nine at night at Harriet Watt and that was after training during the day uh, and obviously to be fair to be fair they've done well with what they had at the time obviously they've, they've took vast steps now and they've, they've changed uh, a lot of things behind the scenes and obviously it looks like a, a lot more structured well run club but at the time you know I had, I had the manager uh, Gary Jardine who you know never done it all his sale but you know he done a lot of his sale and done a lot of hard work and uh, he was brilliant as well for 
uh, for all the boys I think he, he uh, showed a lot of loyalty in the team that like went up that season and played them all and obviously the team probably wasn't at a standard to, to go and compete for the league or for promotion or anything but to stay in that league with the team we had was brilliant and I think, I think we didn't have a point for what the first 11 games 10, 11 games I, I don't know if it was that long but it was something like that and we were miles behind so it was like no at the time we were like in November and we were like there's no way we're staying up here eh? and we ended up clawing it back going on a, like a massive run about 11, 12 games unbeaten and eh, we ended up playing like it was Arbroath away and if we won we were basically safe and it was a like goal difference other than that so we were basically safe if eh, we scored it and I ended up scoring a one yard tapping of course you've mentioned that no but a one yard tapping right the best goal I've ever scored right <laughs> done a knee slide in the corner right and Obviously, that everyone was buzzing because the club were staying up. They've run, they've run, they've all run down right, and the referees like try to stop them getting into the pile up. And he's just been big Craig beat. He's just rugby tackled the ref into the pile up. I don't know if you've seen it. It was on Soccer M and that. And, uh, and he so like we're celebrating there. And about twenty five seconds later, you see the ref coming out like shaking everyone off and that. Just like Jesus, man. He's involved in the pile up. Like, he sent about two boys off at the sideline. Sent the manager off. He's booked about three boys just to just because he, it looks like he was involved, involved in the celebration. But, <laughs> it was uh, all down to big beat. Eh? It was all down to big beats, man. <laughs> what a player! Um, you said that you got a uh, player of the year at Edinburgh City. At what point did the sorry penny drop and you finally it, it ended up clicking for you? Um, I'd probably say I around about the time where it, I kind of realised that it did mean a lot to the boys. Like if this club gets relegated, they've worked so hard to get up. Then if they get relegated, you know, it's it's no on me, but there's you know a lot of pressure on me to do well because they've brought me in, um, taking a risk because of playing a 17 year old player. And I think at Hibs, if if you're coming for Hibs, there's obviously going to be some pressure on you because you've you've got to be at a standard to play. And obviously for the first part of the season, but the whole team wasn't, including myself. But then obviously the second part of the season, we're like we need to stay up. There's boys jobs here because obviously they're getting paid for Edinburgh City as well. That's a that's a part time job for them. Uh-huh. And for a lot of them, that they they need the money. They need their win bonus. They need to stay up and, and be a you know a part time football player. So that's the kind of, when you kind of realise that it's not just you know football. And that was my first kind of taste of men's football and how important it is that you win football games and, and keep teams up that like and keep people in a job really that was probably the, the main thing for me yeah so after the successful loan spell back to Hibs was there ever any indication that you'd maybe go championship on loan or anything like that aye so I think I was on holiday at the time and um, I think there was I think Eddie May phone name was like Dumbarton wanting to sign you on loan and I'd not, never heard anything I'd actually seen it and I think my dad sent me it it was like a Twitter article or in the paper that it was like the Dumbart manager says that like I was signing, so I had, I had no idea. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I had absolutely no idea. I think I'd wake up one morning and my goalie flew to hang. I was like, brilliant! I'm signing for Dumbart again. <laughs> and no disrespect to Dumbart, yeah. but it's the last time you want to see where I hang over <laughs> the Magaluf. No, listen now. To be fair, at the time I was actually like, I think I came up with a, like a championship team that'll be good to go and get play. You know, minutes and uh, especially at that level, at 18 year old, it's another probably gamble for Dumbart. But um, nah, I'd been there a good few times as a fan at Hibs and I didn't fancy playing there all season. No, so <laughs> no disrespect, but now nah, listen, it worked out well for me. Um, I stayed, Lennon kept me in, in his plans and obviously made a good few appearances, made my debut and stuff, so probably worked out for the best. So we touched on it earlier a wee bit, um, the transition from the 20s into the first team, you says they do similar stuff in training and that sort yeah. of thing. 
how did you end up getting sort of chucked in at the deep end? Obviously, your first team debut. Yeah. How was that? Obviously, like a, the first team debut, like in the league cup and and stuff, would that was all right because you were. No, obviously again no disrespect but you're playing against like Arbroath and Montrose and stuff which so you'd been doing anyway which I'd be doing anyway aye. so I was kind of used to the players that I was playing against and it was you know it was seeing familiar faces and kind of knowing what I'm up against and you're obviously playing with you know a lot better team so you can you kind of get people to drag you through the games and uh, and stuff like that but nah I enjoyed that first part and then obviously my my first league start um, at Ibrox we laughing for no I'm just saying this. <laughs> I was going to say that hi uh, first week started at Ibrox chucked and, in and I uh, just getting chucked in like looking back I think I was a bit like naive to think that I was ready at the time um, but when are you ever going to be ready to, to start a game you know at Ibrox in that high pressure situation and uh, again we kind of went there with like a, a very very makeshift team well makeshift defence we had so, Effie Ambrose right centre half me Louis Stevenson and then Brandon Barker left wing back Martin Boyle right wing back so no defensive minded <laughs> full backs and then we had Marvin Bartley sitting uh, which was obviously good defensively and then John McGinn Dylan McGeoch Scott Allen and then Canberra up front Brandon Barker goes off after two minutes and Jamie McLaren comes up John McGinn's playing left wing back and honestly it was like uh, it was the most one-sided g- game I'd been involved in the first half. Like, like obviously, like the first fifteen minutes, I was really nervous, eh, and like I'd gave away a couple chances. They could have scored, so it could have went like the, the other complete way. other way. But um, Offie made Marciano made a, a, a good few saves, and then uh, other than that, we walked in at half time one 0 up, and it, I tell you, it should have been about three. Like we should have scored about three or four goals. McLaren missed. Well, like Canberra could have passed it to McLaren never. Uh, should have scored and Lennon was like if we don't win this game it'll be an absolute travesty and I'm thinking to myself like okay, no more yeah, Ibrox growing up watching him at Ibrox it was never a we're going there and we're going to win do you know what I mean mm-hmm. but with his mentality it was if we don't win this game it'll be a travesty and I'm thinking to myself like, how is his mentality like that but then it just kind of seeps through to all the team and like we did obviously we conceded a goal and then we went right up the park again and scored like it was just the mentality of Lennon the mentality he installed in the team was just like just relentless just relentless and you go there to win and obviously sometimes it, it didn't work out when we did go there but uh, in situations like that it was just like try to get in your head and, and tell you that you know you will win and we obviously did at what point did Lennon tell you you were starting at that game pull, pull me in on the Thursday and obviously the game's on the Saturday and he was like sit down son I've sat down on the couch right and breaking it him I, I'm thinking what have I done here eh? I'm like I've done something oh, no, what have I done for, I think, what have I done <laughs> and he's pulled me and he sat me down and there's like what's it Gary Parker Grant Murray Eddie May and they've all just sat me down and he's like listen we're going to have to play it he's like no no I want you to play your starting because you do it it's like we're going to have to play it we've got they no choice. one else no, he's like we've got no one else we're going to have to play it I'm like sitting there like, right <laughs> he's, like, so he's like you'll be playing in the middle of back three F.A. and Louis Look at, oh no! <laughs> Again, like, oh, this, I was like, this can't be happening. And then he was like, "But you're ready." He was like, "You've been, you've been playing men's, men's, like men's football for a year. Um, you've been training really well. The games that I've played uh, with the first team, like I've also came on a few times that season in the league, and I was like, you've done really well, and you deserve to to be involved, and you'll 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 do well. So obviously, for then you're like, right, come on. If he's saying that, then I will do well. And, kind of went in with my mentality of like just try to treat it like any other game and as I said it was probably a bit naive but it worked and 
you know, the first 15 minutes were shaky, but I ended up like walking away with, I think it was, all the boys and that were saying that I'd, I'd done really well that day, and probably looking back, it wasn't so good, but just because I was young and getting chucked in, it was, uh, that was some experience. At what point did it sink in, oh shit, I'm actually playing in front of 50,000 <laughs> folk at Ibrox? When you could see the noise, eh, so, like, they're singing simply the best when you walk out, and it's like, I'm telling you, it was like heat waves of noise. And it wasn't like oh, a roasting hot day. It was just heat waves and noise. Them singing, it was, it was wild. And uh, but as I said, it was the experience that set me up. I think very well. I know you touched on Lennon there. What was he like to play under, and what was he like in training every day? It was <laughs> it was different uh, to what I'd obviously had grown up. But um, there was a real intensity about him, a real you know personality about him. I think. Uh, or, you know, you were always kind of, you know, always had the nerves about him. And I think you need that, you know, as a manager. You've, you've always, you, you, he's not your mate. You know, he's, he's someone that's there to try and do the best for you, and you're always there to try and do the best for him. But now he was, he was brilliant with me. He had a lot of trust in me, a lot of faith at such a young age. And obviously, I've, I've said it before, but you know, I can't thank, thank him enough for putting me in at the deep end, as you said, and it, it paid off. So, now he was, he was great to work under, obviously. As a team, we had our ups and downs, and probably let them down nearer the end. But listen, it was a, uh, it was brilliant to work under, and it was a, uh, obviously, sometimes it was a, uh, you know, you didn't know what you were going to get, but nah, overall, I, I loved it. Like, as if you ever felt the, the bad side of them. <laughs> I've had, went through you. I've had a, a few of the hairdryer treatments, I but I think they were, they were probably deserved. Uh, I don't know if I could say too much about them, like, but <laughs> come on. <laughs> nah, I just. It, see stuff in games and that some of the stuff he would say after the game he'd be like, just like sitting there like see, did he actually <laughs> just say that to me but he's like I probably deserve it though you know what I mean yeah. but nah it's just how much he wanted you to win and wanted you to do well but he was always brilliant at coming to Twitties games as well that season like he would be on the sideline like screaming like it was a, a first team game you know that's the kind of the guy he was he wanted you to be the best you could be whether it was his Twitties team his 17s team playing he would want them to win he would obviously be there to try and to help, help them on and he was good for us that year obviously when we won the cup he was there every game and uh, credit to him for that. Obviously, wanting the best for the club as well, rather than just focusing solely on first team, like first team affairs. No, definitely. He was it? As I said, he was at every game, and he would be coming down at half time, you know, telling boys well done, or obviously giving us a uh, rollicking if we needed it. But um, nah, he was good, uh, and I think, um, as I said before, it, like the way that he was so selfless and trying to get young players through, young players through constantly was was obviously brilliant for the club and, and for myself, you know, for talking about that. Was it a tough time to come through at Hibs at that point with, um, we've kind of just came up for the Championship back in the Premiership? Um, I think it was like a, a good time to, to be around the place because obviously they'd won the Cup in 2016 and then they'd just got promoted and then they'd finish, then we were like finishing like fourth in the league with a record points total, you know, so it was a great time to be at the club and great place to be about because we're constantly winning games constantly having that feel good factor and then obviously when things don't go so well that's when there's probably more pressure on you to try and step up as a young player like so that season um, uh, you know when I kind of first started breaking through about 18-19 with, with I think we were like 6th 7th in the league and it wasn't good enough you know but uh, we got some big results as well and, you know we beat Celtic 2-0 that season and that was probably like where I started to of properly break through and, and try and you know get that first certain half spot really. So that when you started to feel 
comfortable and they're in uh, the first team. First, that's when I first started to feel like it was you belonged there. Aye, like I needed to to show up and perform rather than just come Being up here and, and make up the numbers and be the young boy that's just trying to break through rather than uh, like obviously having broken through and you're just trying to get that mentality but as I say it is all a mentality thing and as soon as you overcome that being a fan being a young boy growing up to being a first team player and, and playing week in week out and having to perform for the club you know it does change things You spoke about John McGinn earlier obviously he's went well, right to the very yeah. top what did you know well, did you kind of sense at that point that he was, that he was capable of doing that? I know it's a I, I, I think he would admit that I don't like. I don't think he would say that he would have been in the position he's in now from you know a few years ago. Obviously, I knew everyone knew the qualities that he had. You know, I think when we go to Celtic Park and Ibrox, and he would dominate a midfield by himself. You know, he would do a two-man job, and uh, that's just the kind of player he was. So we knew he was going to definitely go make that next step and play at the top level how fast it happened and then for the next again season to be scoring winners in the playoff final getting promoted and scoring the first goal at the Tottenham Stadium and that like you know it's, it's, it's mental and he's um, nah, he's kicked on it. He, he's just a, a role model to a lot of people that young players that you know maybe don't feel like they can make the step up you know John was playing championship football for Hibs and then three years later he's you know, the top man for Scotland and the top man, like one of the top men for Villa one of the best midfielders in the Prem you mm -hmm. know so He's got. It's it's what you you aspire to be coming through Hibs and coming through youth academies in Scotland. And as I said before, it's just someone that you've got to look to to try and model yourself. And coming through at the time and probably even now as well, who would you say the main men like mentors at Hibs for Hibs. you are? Um, obviously, I've said it loads that other older boys are are brilliant. Where uh, we're trying to give advice and stuff, but if I was to say right now, I think you know Martin Boyle for me is is brilliant. You know, he's he's a, he's someone that he is a senior player in the team now. You know, he's twenty eight and he's he's played a lot of football. He's obviously won the cup with Hibs as well. So you, you you've got to take that into consideration as well. The way that he treats young boys is is brilliant. The way he takes them under his wing and makes them feel comfortable in the dressing room is, especially with me being like twenty twenty one year old at the time. You know, he would just treat you like he was your you know not your best mate, but just treat you like he was you know one of the boys and. Um, it kind of makes you feel welcome, but for for me, he's an important part of that dressing room, like right now. And I think you need the kind of people, you know, definitely in and about them, and around the club as well. Yeah, it's important; it makes it easier for everyone coming in. Um, so, what would you say about your Hibs career so far? Um, I loved it. Yeah, it's like you know, it's a, I know it's cliche as I said, but it was a dream come true to to even make my debut. Never mind play, you know, almost a hundred games for the club and. Obviously, I had my injury problems. It could have been a lot more games, but you know now I'm getting to that you know forty game mark a season. Exactly, exactly what I wanted at the start. And you know we've got the the Scottish Cup final next week. No idea when this interview is going to come out. If I should even be, nah, <laughs> be just, mentioning that, just any touch on that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but listen, there's a we've we've had a fantastic season. You know, no matter what anybody says, we've we've put ourselves in positions uh, three times now to win a cup. Obviously, if, of course, the, the the first two didn't go to plan and. Um, but I think you've got to credit the mentality of the manager that he's installed as well that it doesn't matter about your setbacks it's all about how you, you recover for them and we recover for them brilliantly after we got beat in the first semi-final we got back there again and we got beat and we got back there again and you know now we're in the final and we'll see what happens obviously anything can happen in the final St Johnston are a good team they've shown that against us but you know there's definitely some unfinished business you know with Hibs right now and I definitely want to to, to get some achievement tangible 
you know tangible achievement uh, from the the few years that I've had here. Maybe write a few few wrongs through some of the other games and semi finals and stuff. Of course, I think we've done that in the semi final there. I think we obviously had some good celebrations after the game, but I wouldn't call it you know celebrating. Probably just a bit more relief that you know we kind of got a wee bit of a duck off our back with the semi final. Uh, semi-finals this season but we need to we need to go and put on a good show in the final we know that we've, we're good enough to to win the game but obviously it will be will be a tough task and uh, you know we want to make history again i've seen people lift that cup before and, and now they're legends and it's something i've always wanted to do if you ask me at the start what what's the one thing you wanted to do in football would be win the scottish cup of hips so you know it's a good chance that it'll um you know, we've got we've put ourselves in a fantastic position to do it, and now it's all about, you know, just uh, making the most of the opportunity we've got. And how much are you personally looking forward to playing in that? It's got to be good. Final, it's like you say earlier, dream come true. Eh? Yeah, no, definitely. That's as I said before, it's something I've always wanted to do, and now that we've got the opportunity to do it, you know, win, lose or draw, it'll be a fantastic experience for. Well, draw, what am I talking about? Keep dropping. <laughs> but when, when I lose, you know, when I lose, it'll be a fantastic. Split the trophy. Just split the trophy, mate. I'll take that. Eh? <laughs> But Half a medal, <laughs> <laughs> but he's um, nah. Listen, it's it's a good opportunity, and I'm I'm really looking forward to it. That's what you get yourself in the football for, you know, playing in, in finals, and you know I've not done it yet, but that's that's you know, exactly what I want to do. And looking back to the team who won it a few years ago, is that the sort of inspiration that you're looking for? Of course, you know, growing up a Hibs fan, you never thought it would happen. Hibs winning the Scottish Cup, and uh, over the over the years, especially in recent years, we've put ourselves in brilliant positions to do so. And 2016 was, you know, it was you know what dreams are made of really and uh, you know they're heroes now um, you know we want to try and make our own little bit of history and obviously there's still some boys in the team that done it uh, so obviously they can we can help their tap into their experience for that and hopefully we can do it and we touched on it a wee bit earlier um, Jack Ross comes into Hibs what's he like as a manager ah, he's brilliant um, and his man management's brilliant you know he's probably the, one of the most honest people I've worked with in football you know he tells you exactly how it is good bad you know, he, he kind of pulled me in at the start of the season, told me exactly what he wanted for me, and you know, it's—I wouldn't say that it's all happened, but you know, he's—he's very—he's um, very honest, but he's very like accurate with what he's coming out with. You know, he, he says this: if you do this, that, and this, the next thing, you, know, you will get the rewards for it. And I've seen it this season. You know, he wanted me to make a Scotland squad. I did. He, he wanted me to, you know, try and play 30, 35 games. You know, kind of look after myself in the gym and stuff, and. And make sure I was as fit all season, and you know I've done that. And now he just wants, like everybody, wants a tangible reward. And um, you know, credit to him for putting us into this situation a few times. You know, he probably wouldn't take the credit for it. He would say it's more players, but you know, behind the scenes work is, you know, even like when we went up to Stranraer, there was there was so much, um, you know, background work into that game, rather than just turning up and beating Stranraer. Underestimating it. Yeah, listen, there was a lot of work behind the scenes on how we were going to score goals and. You know, we scored a few goals, four goals that game, but a couple of them were exactly what we worked on in training. You know that kind of thing. So, nah, he's he's a brilliant manager, and it's uh, right now it's a play him and Jack, uh, him and John Potter. It's a you know a pleasure to work with him. I was a massive fan of Jack Ross at St Mirren when he yeah. came up and won the championship. Um, but I feel as if maybe the time for him as well to lift a major honour. Definitely, um, I think he that's something obviously he wanted to do. I think he's been close to it where. Um, with Sunderland, think you know he put himself in a great position to um, many times, and I think we obviously let him down in the semi-final a couple of times. I, I don't think he can take you know any blame for that. But you know now it's all about all about the final, and you know it's all about us, and we just want to to get that you know um, 
put ourselves in that position and, and, and make a good show. You know, we, we don't want to. If we uh, listen, if we lose the final through um, them being better than us, then you know, fair play. But you know, we're definitely going to you know give it our all. Uh, so you touched on it there. The Scotland, well, Scotland twenty ones first. Mm. What's that like? Does that kind of integrate you into the the senior squad? I, to be fair, um, Scott Gemmel was really good. Um, you know, working with him was was different. I think it was different styles of play. Obviously, being um, international football, it's it's tournament football. You know, you need to win, or you you need to keep clean sheets. You need to be horrible to play against. And the kind of way that he wanted to play was, you know, really like different to what I'd experienced before. Where it was, you know, it's not sitting in. It's not being negative. It's you know, playing smart. You know, it's um, you know, condensing the pitch, staying narrow, um, not being hard to play against. He always used to say, "So say we were playing Holland, he was like, it doesn't matter if we're playing Holland first team the night. You know, they might beat us, but they're not playing through us. You know, they're not going to play through the middle of us. So play around us, and um, you know, try and get stop crosses. If crosses come in, defend crosses. And to be fair, it worked. Uh, worked well. I think we, <laughs> to be fair, that twice team. With, 21 team just there, we were so close to qualifying and obviously just fell at the final hurdle but um, you know we went and beat Croatia, drew with them at home after being 2-0 down, it was you know, a great mentality and great players as well, we've seen you know, Lewis Ferguson, David Turnbull, Fraser Hornby, uh, Ross McCrory, like, you know, a lot of good players in that squad and we probably should have qualified given the position we put ourselves in but that no, was a great team and it was a good experience you know, playing at that level. And with the 21s, who was the best players that you would have came up against? Against? Oh. Um, with nineteens, I played against Haaland, uh, Havertz. Um, with twenty ones, I think I played against um, like Tammy Abraham. You know, uh, Foden came on and scored a free kick. I think you know, just world class players now. So you're going to claim that you bully that you bully Haaland? <laughs> Definitely not claim I bully Haaland. They scored uh, five goals in two games against me. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Tam Abraham never scored against me, so I'll, I'll take that take one. Take that one. <laughs> um, so, how does it come about that you get the Scotland call up? How do you first hear about it? So, I was the the first time was when I was away with the twenty ones, and Scott Gemmel kind of uh, text me saying, "Can you come up to reception?" And he just says, "Like shook my hand and was like, congratulations that you, that's you, you know, making the step up and." Uh, at the time I didn't really understand what he meant but then obviously it clicked and uh, I, I didn't really know what to say I just was like I was like thanks I'll go and get my stuff in that <laughs> went and got my stuff and I phoned my dad and that and I was like I, that's me called up to the, the first team and that and obviously he was chuffed family were buzzing and you know kind of didn't sink in until you know you're on the training park and you're uh, you know at the game and, and stuff like that playing with these players that you you normally watch on TV so no, it was a great experience and th obviously the second time I was on the golf course I had no idea that I was getting called up and my phone just blew up uh, my phone blew up and everyone was texting me phone and they kept saying, saying well done and I honestly had no idea what they were talking about because like, I didn't have any like um, signal on my phone I'd, I'd been, no one told me so usually like your agent would text you or someone at Hibs would say like listen you're going to get called up but Aye. when it got announced on Twitter I was I found out when everyone else did so it was like a nice wee surprise as well. I think obviously Hibs maybe kept it for me just so that you know it would be a nice surprise. But nah, it was a brilliant experience. You know, at that level, it was an eye opener really. And what's it like turning up at the camps and you see people like Andy Robertson, Kevin Tierney, mm -hmm. all those sort of big names? Uh, it was good. You know, training beside them was uh, probably the most like the biggest eye opener. Um, 
just the, the standard and the, like the pace that they trained it every day. Um, obviously, at first I thought maybe it's just because you know they really want to impress the the, the manager because it's a short period of time you're training for to try and make the team. Um, but then I spoke to John McGinn and he says, "No, nah, mate, like, this is what it's like, you know, every day like down at Villa." So you could only imagine what it would be like at Liverpool every day, Arsenal every day. So these kind of players that you've got to look at. And I kind of went back to Hibs and was like buzzing about like training at like a really, really like high intensity. But then you kind of just like take yourself down a bit because it's club football and it is different a wee bit. I think at this, but I think that's something that Jack Ross tried to to implement because obviously he's seen it at Sunderland, maybe boys training at a high level, high intensity, and he wanted to try and get that up to the standard. And now, to be fair, it's it's no far off what. What you would see, obviously, quality-wise, is a bit different, but you know the pace in which we train it and the quality which we train it is definitely at a higher standard than what it was before. You know, the gaffer came in. Do you think that training with Scotland and, like you say, the standards and the sort of demands that every player will put on each other? Do you think that when you went back to Hibs, that made you want to do that to the players there? Aye, definitely. Uh, so after my first call up, I came back and it was kind of like the ja- uh, the gaffer and John Potter's first training session that I was in it and like I, I think they could see like the gaffer kind of pulled me and was like listen that's what it's like at international level you'll come back and you'll you'll be like at that standard and just try and keep it at that you know don't come back down to to what maybe what you were training at before try and keep it at a high level and uh, as I said that's something he tried to implement throughout the season I think we've, we've got that now. And how would you say it compares in terms of obviously the quality will be sky high compared yeah. to some some club level training? Yeah. How would you say it compares in terms of standard demands and quality? I think uh, it, there is a big difference. You know, no disrespect to to anyone at Hibs, but obviously everyone knows that these players are playing in the Premier League Championship week in week out, and you know playing at a top top level. And you know, if you're a top player playing at a top level, you need to train at a, a high intensity and high quality. And, that's, as I say, that was the biggest eye-opener for me, seeing that every single day, week in, week out, and it was probably the best thing that could happen to me, seeing that. Uh, and obviously the second time I went in, I was a bit more ready for it, but like the first training session with Scotland, I couldn't believe that, like how fast and how intensive we're training it. I presume you'll have intentions to try and break into the Euro squad? Oh, definitely. I, I mean, I think, I've had, I think I've had a good season. I think I could have been um, better, but I think everyone, obviously, you, you always want to strive to be the best you can be and obviously there's been points of the season highs and lows but I think overall I've had a, I've had a good season and uh, listen there's still three games to go to, to try and put my name into the hat and listen there's great players in there you've got players you know Hanley that are just playing the championship week in week out and uh, you know, Tierney Cooper the, the players that are playing at the top level and you just want to try and get close to them and if you can if I can put my name into the hat even Steve Clark's thoughts then you know you know that's a win for me and um, you know even if I don't make it I'll still be you know, buzzing like everyone else will be for you know, for that game at Wembley. And what's your own thoughts on the Euros? What are you thinking? How do you think we'll do? I think we'll actually do well. Speaking yeah. as a fan, obviously, no, I, rather. As a, if you were as a fan, I think we'll do well. Yeah. I think the way that um, that we do play as a like a whole team is is like a different mentality than what was before. I think we've got some top players that are playing at a really good level and that can drag us through games. And obviously, with Shea Adams coming in now, there's another player that's playing in Premier League week in week out. So I don't think we're Quality wise, I don't think we're too far away for you know the other two teams in the group. But obviously, England will be you know a different kettle of fish. But anything can happen, and and like these big rival derby games. So you know that'll be the one that everyone's looking forward to. I definitely can't wait for it. What would you say your long term 
goals as an international are. International, I just want to play as much much games as for Scotland as I can. You know, first, first of all, make my debut. But you know, hopefully after that, I'm looking right in the future. You, you want to try and make, um, be a full international. Uh, you know, with, with 20 plus caps. But if I was to look in the near future, I definitely just want to make my, my debut and. You know, get that out of the way first before I start talking about you know making more. Just try and make as many squads as you can, and then eventually try and break into the team, basically. Yeah, at club level, playing at a good standard and quality every week is obviously going to help. And uh, I think if I do that, I'll uh, you know I won't be too far away from from the squads. And after that, it's you know all about uh, you know try to keep your keep your name in the manager's head and, and do things right on and off the park to, to you know to try and to get myself into that position. And when the chance does come, taking it. And training with these players on a regular basis, if you were to go out and like go into these squads regularly, you would obviously that would improve your standards massively as well. Of course, and so. you as a player. Yeah, it's over the experiences of playing and training with these players are obviously going to rub off on you and help you. So, now nah, listen, I've enjoyed the time I've trained with, um, you know, Premier League players like you know Robo Tierney and and McGinn. But listen, I want to get myself back into the, that position by playing well at club level first and foremost. And obviously, as I said there's three big games and. Uh, you know, all I can do now is consistently play consistent and, and, and do really well for the next three games. And going back to Hibs, um, obviously coming through the academy and that sort of thing, I presume you'll think you've got a lot to thank Hibs for. Yeah. Um, aye, listen, I think every young player that's coming through, uh, you know, a setup has got to thank a lot of people. Uh, I think I'd be here all day if I was to to name you know every single coach and every single person that's helped me along the way, but. You know, I think they know exactly who they are. Um, nah, listen, it's a fantastic place for a young player to to grow up, play football, and learn, develop, and stuff like that. So, listen, they're in a great place right now. The way that they do it, the way that they're running, you know, it's showing now. When you, you've got, you know, you've got me, Josh Doig, um, Fraser Murray, Jamie Gullen, you know, top players. You've got sixteen-year-olds making bench in Scottish Cup semi-finals. You know, we're doing something right then. You know, not a lot of teams have that. So no, we obviously I've got a lot of people to thank, but they're such a well-run club that you know that they're, they're going to have a lot more than me coming through. I can guarantee you that. I didn't actually mean the football side of things there. I was mainly <laughs> talking about the big pricey merc that you drove in. But <laughs> we'll leave that out. Top man, thanks a lot for coming on, mate. No worries, mate. Anytime.